The open road is full of people behind the wheel. Take away the errand runners, the commuters, and the vacationers, and you have the people who drive for work. They may drive for different companies in different industries with a different goal in mind, but they're connected by the sometimes bumpy, sometimes smooth life on the road. If driving is your day to day, you are a road warrior. And this podcast, it's for you. Welcome to the Road Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ryland. Each week, we'll share an interview with the new Road Warrior. Here's our latest guest. So my name is Sahara Saad, and I currently am an infotainment quality engineer at Ford. We work with the whole infotainment system, which is the display, the radio, the speakers, and the amps, and we deal with what's out in the field. So if you have a problem, like your radio is not working or something with your speakers, you take your car to the dealer and they do a claim on that. We get those claims every single day and we kind of sort through them and see, do we have issues that are happening in the field? How can we get them fixed? And what do we need to do to make sure that our customers are completely satisfied with our product? Wow. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a, like a very interesting job. I know cars. There's so many separate pieces, so I can, I can imagine that that's a lot of work. And uh, just reading through your extensive list of all the things that you've done on, on your LinkedIn, at least, it uh, looks like you've, you've been in a few different positions. <laughs> Could you tell me more about being a test engineer for the MyKey product? What did you do in that role? Yeah, so that was probably one of my favorite roles within Ford. I've been with the company for about 13 years. And, you know, as you noticed, I've been all over the place. But the test engineer was definitely the most fun because I got to be in the cars before they were released and you get to see the prototypes and you get to see what's coming. And personally, I was on the MyKey, which you mentioned, and that feature alone is the fun feature to test. It's essentially, it's a system. It's not like a specific component, like a radio where you just run through a test procedure. It's involved in a lot of different components. So you have to test a lot of different things to make sure that everything's working to spec. And it was fun because for anyone that's not familiar with what it is, is it's essentially a safety feature for either, you know, teens and young drivers just getting their license. Or also some people put it on commercial vehicles, too. Like, for example, one of the things it does is when I used to test it, which was a couple of years ago, it would limit the vehicle at like three different speeds at like 55, 65 and I think 75 miles per hour. And, for example, if you know your kid's not going to be going on a highway, there's no need for them to be going above 65. So we would have to test that, you know, turn the feature on and off and then go above that and below that. So it was always fun for me to just to get out there and, and test the system. And essentially, you're trying to break the system and you're trying to act like a customer and how they would handle it. And kind of you catch the issues before it gets out in the field. And it was just always so much fun to get in all these different cars. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I had no idea. Like technology. Wow. That's that's insane. And there's so many more new things coming in on cars like lane detector. It can tell if you're, you know, going outside of your lanes. If you start shifting and veering, it'll come with a big, big red signal. It's like, you know, watch out and sounds and chimes that'll tell you, like, you know, get back in your lane. And there's so many cool safety features that are just so technologically advanced. It's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. So what did that work look like on, on a day-to-day -day basis? At the time when I was doing it, not every vehicle had the MyKey feature. So first we would have to figure out, you know, which cars had that feature, which ones needed to be tested. You know, did we already test it and it's carryover from the previous year or is it a brand new year and we have to retest the whole thing? So once you figure out what vehicle line it is, you basically set up time on that car 
And then, you know, we would have to take it out onto the test track and just run through the test procedure. But they were prototype cars. So these are cars that are like two years before production, right? So before they even get on the road, we're seeing these cars. And it was always interesting to work with prototype cars because you'd have, you know, dead batteries. Because essentially, I mean, these are test cars. They're beat up cars. We're going to test these and we're going to run them to the ground. Everyone is. Right. All the engineers share time on these cars. So it, it was always interesting to see it. I'm like, oh, shoot, am I going to get a dead battery? And, you know, you have to walk out and find it. And if it's dead, then you got it's just it's a fun. It's interesting process to go through. And we're in Michigan and like Metro Detroit. So the weather was not always great, like in the dead of winter, and it's cold and freezing. And we're trying to find these cars and charge them. And it was always an adventure, you know, so even there was just so much more than just getting in a car, driving it and testing it. Yeah. Wow. That is very eye opening. I guess it makes sense that a, <laughs> that a car company or a manufacturer would like have, you know, test vehicles before they launched it. But yeah, I, I didn't realize the process would be oh, like, yeah. oh, got to check off the time. That's crazy. Essentially, it's part of the design process, right? So when you're designing something, you have requirements and specifications. You design that component, right? Because each individual component has their own engineer. There's a radio engineer, a switch engineer, uh, you know, and then there's the, the mechanical parts. Every single one has their own design and release engineers. And from there, they have to then test it and make sure that their components are working in the cars, right? So it's just a part of the natural process. It's like the scientific method, right? When you come up with an experiment, you have a problem, you create a solution, you try a couple of different resolutions for it, and then you see what works. You got to test them out. Yeah, I, I know you had the extensive academic, you had to get a degree in order to, to get this job, but did you have to train <laughs> for the specifics of the role of, you know, testing these things out? Uh, did you have to do any training in that regard? Oh, yeah, because if you're out on the test track, it's a liability. Not anybody can go out onto the test track. So in order to even get access to it, you have to take different driving training and they call it like tier two, tier three. There's different levels that you can get. So race car drivers have to take safety training, right? So it's like oversteer and understeer, how to correct, you know, the slalom where they go in and out of the cones and the wet pad testing. And you really have to be trained because if you're doing these, especially at high speeds, you want to know how to be safe while you're doing it to make sure you're doing it correctly. And then if something does go wrong, you can fix it. And that was just probably one of the funnest days ever, because <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons why I became an engineer is because I was always so fascinated with you know, just the cars and the racing and, and what we can do with it. So while I'm out there, I just kept getting so distracted. He's trying to teach me and explain to me what I'm supposed to do next. And I'm like, oh, my God, that car's on the wet pad. Look at that. That's so cool. And and he's like, you know, you got to get over this something shiny syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be a very distracting place to be, especially if you love cars. Like, oh, all these cars are just racing around. I mean, every time we get a cool car in the group, they would always be like, oh, my God, there's a GT500 in the garage. Get down and check it out now. Right. And it's like everyone is like all crowded around this car and we're like trying to see, OK, who has to test it and how can we help them? That kind of leads me perfectly into my next question, which is you spent considerable time in a number of engineering roles with Ford. Which one felt most removed from the vehicle itself? Oh, man. I've been involved in the process from beginning to end at different points in my career. I've done the computer-aided engineering, CAE, design, uh, network communications, and systems, and design and release, and everything. But the one that felt the most removed would have to be the, the CAE version. You're trying to get all the wiring in the systems on a computer to make sure that, you know, the wiring 
can handle everything. And you're basically designing the guts of the car on a computer. So for me, that was the most removed because it's so early on in the process. I don't get to visualize the car. I don't get to see it. I don't get to feel it. I'm not dealing with anything other than just designing on a computer. And that to me was the most removed. Yeah, well, and I feel like seeing the physical thing, I feel like it's a lot easier to access that. So I could see your position there. Right. I mean, even now, my current role with quality, I'm not necessarily on the actual vehicles anymore, but I'm still interacting with our customers and what's going on in the field. So I still feel like I'm attached to the car. I still know what's going on within the vehicles. Yeah. So do you have any advice for people who spend all their time on the road? Make sure you have good music. (laughs) Because that's the funny thing. Some of these test cars, the radios didn't always work. So you'll be out in a car testing a couple of hours and, you know, stuck singing to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it was always it was interesting. But I mean, for me personally, I love driving. It's like a almost like a stress reliever to me. It It just puts me in a good mood. I like to have good music and just make sure you're comfortable. Whatever is going to keep you awake if you're driving long. Because I've had to do testing where I've been in a car for eight hours, too. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we did fuel testing. Essentially, it's driving the car, right? You fill up the car full way and you just drive it all the way till it's empty. So we would drive till it's like slightly below half. Just take the highway straight up north for us and then turn around and come all the way back. So that was always was always fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a field trip. (laughs) Again, that makes sense. I can imagine on a test track, you'd probably fall asleep at a certain point, just so much turning in one direction. Right, right. And it's not practical, right, to do eight hours, you know, just to go around a test track. Yeah. When when you mentioned driving for eight hours, like straight, I was like, oh my gosh, on a test track, like that, that (laughs) been miserable. And without music, like, oh. Oh no. Oh no. I always prepare. I get like whatever CDs I need. I mean, at the same time we're, I mean, I'm testing too, right? So I have to focus on what I'm doing and what's going on and, and, you know, make sure you don't miss if you have like different intervals where you have to check data or whatever, you have to make sure you don't miss it. But It's essentially just keeping yourself entertained. And I personally, like I said, I don't mind driving. So I think that's why they kind of tapped me into helping out on that whenever we could. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Nothing better to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything new coming from Ford that you're excited about, or at least that you can tell us about? (laughs) See, that's the key. What can I talk about? I'm removed from a lot of the future stuff because now I'm I'm like current. I'm like what's out in the field now. So I don't get to see the new stuff coming as much as I used to in previous roles. But I still will hear like snippets here and there. And I'm just really excited about where we're going as a company. And, and I personally, I'm, I'm a proud Ford employee. I love the company and I love where I work and what I do. Personally, I just think anything coming down in the pipeline, just keep a lookout for the new technology we have. Well, fingers crossed. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most challenging part of your job? I don't want to say it's not challenging because it's just it's always about problem solving. If you have an issue, you have to find a root cause and what's going on or something as simple as the customer is not happy. Right. Everything meets specifications, but the customer just doesn't like it. It's just trying to figure out how can we solve it and. And I like the challenges, right? Because that challenge is now coming up with out-of-the-box solutions. How can we meet our specifications and still make our customers happy and make sure that they're getting what they want? But I guess the challenging part now is just now I am kind of tied to my desk. So for me, I always find that challenging. Like, I feel like I need to be up and about moving around and, and doing stuff on the cars. And I don't get that as much with my current role. 
But I find that if you like what you're doing and these these challenges that do come up are kind of like good challenges for you. They I like that difference that comes up. Yeah. I know you've mentioned a few different things that you found enjoyable working for Ford, but do you have like a most enjoyable part of your job? Now it's definitely interacting with the customers. Um, I don't necessarily interact with them on a one-on-one level. Sometimes we do if they work within Ford and we see their claim come through and it's something out of the ordinary or we just kind of want more information, we can contact them that way. But just seeing what customers in the field, for me, reading that, it kind of keeps me in touch with them. Not that I have anything to do with design, but we still work with future model year, right? If we have an issue saying, okay, you know, why don't you try and fix this? We see customers want one, two, three. That's what I enjoy about quality now is you're more in touch with what's going out right now. Because when you're doing future model year, you kind of lose that touch. You're more focused on the component or the feature or whatever it is. And you're not really necessarily thinking about what the customer wants because whoever is giving you that component should have already done that research. So I felt disconnected from the customer, but now I'm very connected to the customer and what they want. And and it always makes me happy to see that. I mean, granted, I get the claims, right? <laughs> Things they find wrong with their car, but I still, I like that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Is there any question that you'd like to answer that I haven't asked? Uh, any misconceptions you'd like to clear up? Anything along those lines? I mean, I get a lot of questions about being a female engineer, right? I get a lot of, you know, what's it like being in a male dominated field? And that's actually a lot of the work that I do outside of Ford. I do a lot of stuff about generally women empowerment. And and I've learned a lot throughout my almost 13 years. You know, at one point when I was in testing, actually, our entire department was like 45 people. And I was the only woman in the entire group. And on top of that, I was the youngest by at least 20 years. I was only like 23, 24 years old. And I was the only minority, like Arab American. Most of them were like older white men. So it was really hard for me to navigate that because I felt very intimidated by that. They treated me like I didn't know as much because I was younger and I'm a woman. And I was too intimidated to speak up. So it took me a while to kind of find that balance, too, and be like, no, you know what? I'm here not because you have more experience. You might know more about certain topics, but I'm just as knowledgeable and I'm just as hardworking and I'm just as good as an engineer. So I find a lot of women engineers kind of come to me and say, you know, how did you do that? How did you handle this environment, especially minorities? Right. Because they come from different backgrounds and it's a whole nother world. You know, you come out of school thinking, oh, you do a good job and, you know, you get good grades and you're going to get good recognition. And it's never like that in the corporate world in general. And I know females especially have a lot of harder time dealing with that. They don't like to boast or brag about their achievements. That's one of the things that I personally struggled with is finding that balance and realizing that I'm not bragging. I'm really telling them what I've done throughout the year and how I've helped the company. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot speak about that at all. I'm, I'm a white guy, <laughs> but I agree that you're an awesome resource and people should definitely reach out to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. If anyone wants to get in contact with me, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn and I, I'm always here. I love helping out. Right on. So every episode, we ask our guests for a song they either used to or currently listen to all the time on the road. What's yours? I mean, I've already told you I love driving and I love listening to music when I drive. So for me, it's anything that's really upbeat and fast paced and just like feel good music. Like I used to love listening to the song Happy. 
by Pharrell. And I listen to like so many different genres. Another tip for me is if you're going on a road trip a long time, make sure whoever you go with, you have the same taste in music. <laughs> and that concludes our latest episode of the Road Warriors podcast. Thanks to Tahara Saad for coming on the show. And to those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have stories, we would love to hear them. Fill out our quick survey to let us know why you should be our next guest. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Thanks again and drive safe.